This is Madorofia FM. My vibes. My vibes. Oh yeah.
Bohere, Bohere. Hello, Madurofia FM fam. Hello, hello, hello. It feels like it's been such a long time. It but... has been. I mean, it's been a month since the, since the last time we were on radio, I think. So it is so good to be back. We missed hanging out with you guys. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. You are on with us, your wannabe tetes on Bohere Conversations. You wish you had na tete, as tete chi mentioned. It's been a month since we got to hang out and do this. So we're super excited to be back. We're super excited about the topic slash series mm-hmm. that we're going to be getting into moving forward. You know, something in, in prep for this show, something that really struck me is the way I was thinking about it, like, because we're talking about immigration in all its forms. Mm-hmm. And when I was thinking about it, I would have quote unquote legal and quote unquote illegal. And um, you, I, I heard you say, um, what did you say was it conventional or irregular regular and irregular and Mm -hmm. i was just like ha that is that is so true like regular and irregular versus like just like policing it and you know calling it that so really really appreciate (laughs) you know just learning that learning for me and super excited to to be getting into this with different experts different guests who are going to talk about the experiences share whether it's lived experience or whether it's like um, work experience from from that position. So, yeah. yes, yes. Again, um, it is your girl Chi P, and I'm hanging here with my fave, your fave, our fave. Call me Hazri, uh, Tete Hazri in the building, and it is so good to be back. And yeah, we're talking, <clears throat> we're kicking off a series on immigration, which. Um, it's something like y'all know I work in, well, you may or may not know I work in sort of the sphere. So it's something I'm super passionate about and I care a lot about. And yeah, to Haji's point, I definitely believe no one is illegal. Um, that's like a wild construct and that borders are also wild. But we'll go into like the, <laughs> into the philosophical and theoretical um, eventually. But I think Obviously, we're going to do some really practical talking. But before we do that, and I see you were so excited we've entered our topic. But um, a recap on the last time we were on air, we were talking about life under the iron fist of patriarchy. And we were blessed with uh, Chennai Chair, who's a feminist who works in sort of the digital platforms, AI tech world. And she was dropping some gems and obviously King Billius, who, um, who was also dropping some really important perspectives and gems and also shared an exclusive of his track um, from his forthcoming project. He shared fam with us. So that was so cool. And if you missed us, yo, you can catch up. We got you. Um, we're now on Apple. What? What? We're now on Apple. <laughs> It took long enough. Uh, four months later, five months later, but we there. Anyway, um, we're on there. We're on Anchor. We're on Spotify, Google Podcasts. Hey, where you catch your podcasts, we're there. Um, and if we're not, let us know because we want to be there. Um, and so, yeah, catch up. And throughout today, you know, we this is a conversation. And even throughout this immigration series, we've put out a Google form. If you don't have it, reach out to us. Um, via whatever platform you you know of us or hear of us, and we will share that Google Doc with you. You can share your stories anonymously. You can also share your questions anonymously. So we'll be having folks representing different countries, talking about routes that Zimbabweans can take. And um, 
yeah so if you have questions about which specific countries you want us to talk about if you want us um if you want to tell us you know uh i'm like I'm, I'm blanking now any questions you might have like for we have an immigration consultant coming in in a few weeks who's going to also share um sort of knowledge and answer questions so if you have questions for us drop them ask us you know join the conversation if you have comments questions jokes stories to tell whatever it is join the conversation we're on twitter under the hashtag madorofiafm you can also follow the conversation by um following and tweeting at Madorofia FM. I am at Chichipasi and Haji is at Call Me Haji. If you aren't on Twitter and still want to contribute to the chat, we're also on Instagram at Madorofia FM. Or you can email us actually. So if you have any of those questions or topic ideas for the future, you can email us. We're at Bohere Conversations. You well, we're not at there. We're at Bohere <laughs> at Madorofia FM. So that is where you want to catch us. Um, yeah and and uh yeah so introing the topic you guys already sort of know what we're talking about and we've gone into that um is there anything that that we missed oh our title our title is um welcome to jumbo border you know and talking about untold stories of immigrating because it's not all I was going to say guns and roses, but guns aren't a great thing. It's not all like, um, like roses and I don't know, milk and honey, whatever, like whatever saying yeah, that captures what I'm trying to say, but it's not all great all the time. And that some, sometimes we, uh, we go through regular and irregular channels to get to where we're going. And so storytelling, we believe so strongly in storytelling and in sharing sort of our experiences and expertise so come through, come one, come all. Um, yeah, am I missing anything? No, I think you 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 covered everything, and I'm I'm saying the same thing in different words, and just like like realizing that part of the power of storytelling is that it's it's opening, it's eye opening, it's experience opening, but it's also empowering. Like because I think there's just been so much shame around certain forms of immigration and then you know it just it results in information not getting around um and and so hoping that you know this 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 is a fun series and even just from the idea of wakambo jamba bode i, I sat there and i thought about it and i was like i think in, in many ways i could probably say yes to different <laughs> <laughs> i mean like anyway so so anyway, yeah, so just like super excited to be able to do that. Um, we, we're going to be talking about immigrating to Dubai, to Qatar, to the UK, to Ireland, the Cayman Islands, Bermuda, Canada, the US, South Africa, Zambia, wherever it is. Um, I'm sure like, I'm like, is there a country under the sun that you won't find him, Zimba? I, I feel like the answer to that question is no. I may be wrong. I don't have any st statistical evidence, but like we want to talk about it all. So let us know. We'll drop the link to the Google form again um, in a few minutes and we will take a short musical break right yeah. now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And with a throwback, a throw throwback. Way back when long distance relationships required more than WhatsApp and you couldn't FaceTime, you couldn't Skype, or maybe you could, but like it was email exchanges and you had to wait, like dial up internet. So this is Sarzai by David Chipunise.
out to all of y'all who got your loved ones overseas.
Um, I'm like, mm, what a wholesome song, what a wholesome throwback. Ah, I remember, I remember this period so clearly, and singing as if I even had somebody to be, to be longing for on these long distance streets. It was not happening for me, but you know, wow, that song definitely takes me back. You know, I was I was listening to it and I was thinking, you know, we need to have an entire an entire show that's just dedicated to long distance relationships and, and just have a play oh. that is that is like centered around songs like Sarudzaiwe. It's just like I, I was thinking about the phrase he said, Kuti, uh, I know you went to get an education hey. to build our nation. And I was like, uh, boo, that's the idea. But... <laughs> That was legit the dream at some point. We thought it would happen, but life uh, life had other plans. Ah, uh, yes, 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 yes. All the stories of immigration and what they bring. Um, as yes. your Tetechiads I mentioned earlier, we are going to have some guests joining us. And right now we are joined by Anesu. Anesu, are you there? Uh, I think I am. Yeah. <laughs> Hello! Hey, how's it going? Good. Good. How it's so you? good to have you here. Thank you so much, guys. This is exciting. I can see you with some throwbacks. Sarudzai playing in the background before this. It's yeah. fun. It's a pleasure to join you all, guys. We, we must play our music so that our artists can get their royalties. We will play yes. it. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm all about pushing the Zimbabwean music um, internationally. Yeah, I'm all about that. Wonderful. So, Anya, so before we get started, I know that you are a lover of dancehall music. And um, please tell us, like, currently, so, so I'm going to, sorry, I'm going to switch it up a little bit. Currently, yeah. what is your favorite Zim dancehall track? And the second part of the question is, if you were a DJ yeah. mixing the decks, what would your stage name be? <laughs> Exciting and fantastic questions. Um, right now, a Zimbabwean dancehall song. Um, I don't even call it a Zimbabwean dancehall because it's like I feel like it's a dancehall international dancehall song. Okay. Song, really, uh, it's gotta be the Nati O album. It's fire. Like <laughs> no. album, um, there's a lot of big tunes there. Like uh, you know. Peter Pan, produced by Juicer Dementa. Uh, he's got a song with Demarco. Um, there's a song with Stoneboy from Ghana. Um, the song with SQ is Fire. Uh, Kung Fu. I mean, I can pick like six, seven, eight bangers from that album. Like, wicked, wicked, wicked. Honestly, it's, I, I was just saying to uh, Mala yesterday um, that I listened to the whole album and I was like, I did not skip a single track. Every song was fire. And I was like, which one should we play on radio today? So yeah, we're definitely going to play out to, to a song by Nati O. Um, and actually, maybe if you have a, a request from that album, we can also play that when, when we uh, say goodbye to you, when you. Yeah. Yeah, totally. The DeMarco one. Do you DeMarco? Okay. Yeah. Do you, uh, Queuing that up. Okay. 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 Yeah. Um, and if I was a DJ, I, I am a DJ. Not that if I was a DJ, what would my stage name be? <laughs> okay. I, okay. I'm, I'm, I'm a part-time DJ. I just DJ in my basement and stuff. I have a whole DJ set and everything, but I actually used to DJ in clubs and stuff. Um, when I used to live in India, uh, and my DJ name is DJ Leash. 
L-I-F-E. Um, you know, and since there are probably many DJ Lishes around, I usually throw in a Zim in there. So DJ Zim Lish or DJ Lish Zim. Um, you can look me up either on Instagram or Facebook, I think. But yeah, DJ Lish. Hey, DJ Lish. Look, you know, correction, Hansi. It's, it's not that if I were a DJ. I Listen, yeah, <laughs> rate me. I have my setup. So we rate you. We give you your props. We give you your flowers, DJ Leash Zim or Zim yeah, Leash. Leash Zim or Zim Leash, however you want to call it. But DJ Leash, yep. He, so you obviously know that part of the... A lot, uh, this conversation is really centered around immigration and mm-hmm. um, moving from Zim for, yeah, for whatever reason. So we would love to hear what your story is and mm-hmm. what prompted you to leave Zim. You actually mentioned that before you are where, where you are now, and you can tell us where you are, um, you were in India. So can you tell us a little bit about your story and the moving yeah. pieces that led you to be where you are? Yeah, I'll try to make it as short as possible. But, um, you know, born and raised in Zimbabwe, of course, uh, went to school in Zim for my undergrad. I went to NAST, um, did computer science at NAST, um, worked in Zim even for a little bit. I worked for a technology company for like a year, small tech company, but, you know, worked for one of the group of hotels, uh, the biggest group of hotels. Um, I won't mention their names, but... um, I was a graduate trainee at one of those uh, group of hotels for like a year and a half. So I actually worked in Zimbabwe, you know, for like two and a half years before um, I sort of started looking at, you know, global opportunities. And uh, this was around 2014, 15, uh, soon after the GNU broke up, you know, um, uh, I feel like... um, of course, everyone knows the cycles that, that have been happening in Zimbabwe since the early 2000s, you know, with the economy and the politics and, you know, the, 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 the elections. Um, but I think particularly it's the, you know, the 2013 election, in particular that, like, the results were not mm-hmm. so positive uh, and things just started, again, taking another, like, downfall in a way. Um, in the sense that, you know, that was the time that a lot of retrenchment was happening. A lot of companies were retrieving people. I remember my, my boss at the time, like the director of my department and the vice director were all like, you know, retrenched during that time. So it was just like a lot of, you know, uh, uncertainty, a lot of, um, yeah, looking at where I wanted to be with my career and my aspirations. And I just didn't have, you know, the confidence to feel like I was going to make it in the place that I was at, right? Like I had, I had a, I had a paying job. I was receiving my salary at the end of the month, but I just, for me, it's, there's something inside that I just felt like I wanted more. Right. And I, I just didn't have the confidence that, you know, uh, things were basically going to get better than they were at the moment. So I just, you know, started looking at global opportunities, um, I had known a couple of friends and, you know, friends of friends um, that had, you know, benefited from scholarships, um, had traveled overseas for, you know, exchange programs or um, conferences. Um, So I knew that, you know, there's 
there's this alternative, there's this option that you can, you know, go outside and check out what's out there, right? Um, but the, the, the challenge is always a way to start. Um, you know, when you think of countries like the US or the UK or Australia, it, it's like a daunting task. You don't even know where to start it. Um, if you don't have, you know, any close relatives, you know, that, you know, that, uh, that are in those countries, or, you know, someone who maybe can, you know, invite you to come for holiday and maybe check it out and figure out if you want. So um, applied, I was applying everywhere, really, you know, just throwing applications, um, you know, Europe, the States, um, Asia, everywhere, Australia, even within the continent, right? Places like mm -hmm. Rwanda, Kenya, South Africa, all over the place. But um, what I realized is uh, I was not being a accepted in a lot of places particularly in the u.s um and i would get uh, admitted for master's programs in the uk but without scholarships right so they'll be like oh the school fees is like fifteen thousand pounds a year or something like that we're gonna give you a scholarship of two thousand pounds and you still have to pay thirteen thousand pounds so it was just like again almost impossible for me to self-fund myself um, to leave the country, I just didn't have the money or the, you know, the family sort of support to be able to do that. So I had to look for fully funded or partially but heavily funded programs, right? So that took me to the first place I traveled to from Zimbabwe was Russia, um, before India, actually. Um, I got accepted in a two-week, um, two to three-week exchange program uh, in Russia, uh, actually, ran by the Minister of Youth in Russia, and they paid for everything except flights. Um, and what that first opportunity did for me, even though it was just like three weeks and I came back to Zim, uh, it opened up my mind, right? It just opened up, you know, um, how I looked at opportunities and careers and um, the world um, uh, as a whole, right? I met people from over, I don't know, 50, 60 countries, there were 1,000 young people from all over um, the world. You know, I was 25 at the time, I think. And they were like 18, 17 year olds, you know, that had traveled to more than 10 or 15 countries. And I was just in awe of like, wow, how come I never knew about this aspect where, you know, you can travel the world on paid, fully funded programs or partially, mm -hmm. but, you know, um, and that just, sort of made me even want more to look out what's out there. And it took me three months after that Russia opportunity uh, to apply for another program and get accepted to a program in India, um, which was a longer term um, exchange program. It was like six months fellowship program um, in social entrepreneurship slash international development. And um, I don't know if you know much about fellowships, but like, they they basically are like you're working but you're not like being paid for being a permanent employee right like you're getting a stipend mm -hmm. you know for living expenses for accommodation transport and food but what they do is they give you actual hands-on experience so you're actually going to work like nine to five monday to friday you get placed with an organization um and yeah so i had to of course i couldn't keep my job when i was going for like six months i had to quit my job in zim um and just wow. you know went to india again i was just throwing myself 
I didn't know anyone who was in India. I didn't know anyone who was in Russia. I didn't know any Zimbabwean. In fact, I was the first Zimbabwean to do the Russia program. I was the first Zimbabwean to do the India program. It's called IDEX, IDEX Accelerator. Um, so I had no reference points whatsoever. I was just like throwing myself basically in the jungle. But of course, you know, I did my research to find out how genuine these things were before I went there, right? You know, spoke mm-hmm. with a few alumni, even though they were not from Zimbabwe, but, you know, did my due diligence, right? Um, since I did not have anyone I knew who did these programs, but uh, all of them really were, you know, life-changing, career-changing, and just helped me grow, you know, learn uh, a lot from different cultures. And as you can imagine, like Russia and India, different, different environments from Zimbabwe, right? In every mm-hmm. aspect, language, religion, uh, race, um, you know, culture, anything you want to pick. Um, so it, it was challenging, uh, no doubt, uh, but at the same time, um, you know, very, very fruitful, you know, like um, I felt like I grow way much faster during that short space of time. To an extent that I ended up staying in India after the six-month program, uh, I ended up actually finding a job. And the good thing with, the, with that fellowship is they help you actually to find jobs. You know, they partner with organizations and actually help you to get jobs, which is not the same with a lot of scholarship and fellowship programs where you're like, you're on your own, basically, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I got a job with one of their partner organizations, ended up living in India for almost two years. Um, and while I was there, um, that's when I got an opportunity to come to the States again on an exchange program, a fellowship called the Atlas Core um, uh, Fellowship Program, and which is like a longer, even longer exchange program, like one year to one and a half years. Again, you get placed with an organization in the U.S. You're working nine to five. Uh, you get a stipend covering all your living expenses, you know, your accommodation, your food, transport, but they pay for everything. Um, you know, your flights, your visas, they cover everything. But, you know, of course, after you finish the fellowship, um, it, because it's, again, one year just goes by super fast and super quick. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, so I had to, you know, I had to like uh, figure out what to do next. And again, particularly in the States, a lot of exchange programs have what they call the J visa. Um, which usually requires uh, people to go back to their home countries or somewhere in the region for at least two years before they can move back to the States uh, or move back on either, you know, permanent visa or immigration visa. You can come back for school or, you know, business or tourism or something like that. Um, But thank God for some reason, the program I did didn't actually require, did not have that two-year requirement. So uh, I managed to... Uh, get a master's scholarship program um, soon after that fellowship program. Uh, I, I guess you can hear the theme here. So many scholarships and fellowships, right? Uh, because again, <laughs> those were my, those were my, like, those almost like my only way at the time, you know, so I had like, in as much as I wanted to do a master's degree, it's almost like I had to in a way, right? Because um, that's the opportunity that was available for me. But at the same time, ended up becoming super beneficial um, particularly in a place like Washington, D.C. here where, you know, everyone, you know, in the, in the corporate or government space has a degree, has a mm. master's degree, really. A lot of people have master's degrees and, like, um, it's almost like, you know, a, a basic requirement almost. So 
um, that definitely ended up helping me to, you know, um, yeah, find better opportunities and a better career uh, here in the States. Then while I was in grad school, um, you know, met uh, a lovely American lady uh, who has a <laughs> wife now. Um, so that definitely also, you know, um, uh, particularly helped me after school um, to, you know, become a much more permanent resident uh, in the U.S., which I am now. Uh, but definitely, you know, before that, prior that, had numerous struggles of, you know, changing visas from fellowship to students, uh, was an OPT work permit. I had a work permit for a while, but you, you, you know the drill, Mala. We, we have talked about these things. Um, but yeah, um, I, it's such a long journey. I feel like I, I, I tried to summarize it, but yeah, I always... Yeah. Yeah. No, that was that was so fire and like so many like you know you dropped so many gems and I think also touching on a lot of challenges that still face young people in Zim today. You know the idea that raising that initial capital when you're based in Zim seems almost like impossible for countries like the U.S. or Canada or you know whatever and just the barriers that exist. Um, and sort of hearing you know hearing sort of the channels you used and how you you got there. You know that that was. That was super helpful. So a couple of questions that came up and one actually that was sent by one of our guests that I think sort of links nicely here that I'll insert here. Um, but, um, oh, first, I also wanted to say we love love and I loved that. Like there was like a little love story in that. We are suckers for love. So that was really awesome. <laughs> um, so it's actually a two-folded question. Um, being so, you know, you talked a lot about scholarships and fellowships and things. Um, and so I'm guessing you were an exceptional student, you know, and because you know what, before you go ahead and answer that, I think I have, you know, it's, I don't want to say I'm not exceptional, you know, because I think I am in a way, right? Yeah, um, everyone is. I'm just you know, kidding. I'm not your typical person you'd think would get scholarships. Like my grades, were super low, right? Like I almost kind of flunked my A level. Embarrassed about it when I tell people the points I had for my A A levels. Like you'd be surprised. You'd be really shocked, right? And 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 that's the, that's the sad thing, really. I think about scholarships um, because growing up in Zimbabwe, you only think that people who get scholarships are the ten A's, nine A's, mm. fifteen points, fourteen points, twenty points at at, at A level. I was nowhere near that uh, for my A-levels, you know what I mean? But, and what that does, it makes everyone else who doesn't have those A's, 10 A's, 15 A's, not even try because they're like, oh, it, it's only for the best students. But yeah. no, actually, scholarships are for everyone, right? And especially if you have a different, unique pathway, you have a different story. People have different strengths. It's not only grades that can, you know, determine mm. uh, a strong candidate, a strong student. Wow, that's so, that's so valuable. Mm -hmm. I'm exceptional, but not grades exceptional. Let me put it out. Yeah, because one of our, our, our listeners, um, shout out to you, Portia. She had asked um, just sort of, you know, what happens if there's, you know, average students? Like, what does that look like to to get out? You know, what are some of the pathways? And so I, I'm glad that you, you sort of touched on that. And, and I like really like what you also said about 
having sort of unique talents or like unique stories as well because I think it's not just just because Zim is very academic centric and makes you think that it's just about those grades I'm gonna pitch here propaganda by King Kandoro he did a really good episode on how Zim like there's so much talent that goes a quote-unquote unnoticed because we don't seem to value things that aren't just academics and that out out here there's so many opportunities even if you're not this to like sort of what you're saying to the, you don't have to be this 20 points at a level or 15 points whatever the, the case is you know yeah totally yeah um i'm curious how you sort of you know you mentioned before you became more of a permanent resident you had you know you're navigating all the different visa challenges and things mm-hmm. how did you get like how did you know about that like how did you learn about the system did you how who supported you like how did you navigate that process um I think what definitely helped me a lot was um, a social network. Mm. Um, I knew other Zimbabweans that had gone through, um, you know, the same stuff I was going through. Uh, I knew Zimbabweans that did the same fellowship program um, that I did at law school. Mala, you know them, Phil and Donald, um, and others, you know, Tucker. And so I had that since day one arriving in America, I already had this social network of fellow Zimbabweans, some that I knew before I even came here to the States, right? So, um, and I remember my first weekend in the US, uh, they invited me, one of them had a party at their house. And from that, like day three, day four in the US, they were already like, you know, telling me, okay, this is what you need to do. This is what you need to do. Like, because they were like, we didn't think about these things um, soon enough. You know, so they were like, so I was very lucky. I feel like, you know, a lot of people don't have that uh, when they um, um, immigrate or move. Um, and that was super critical and crucial to me. So the school I ended up going to for master's, a couple of my friends had gone to the same school. They had also gone, got scholarships at that school. And it was a very small school that if I hadn't been, they hadn't told me about it, I would have never known about it, right? So that definitely helped. And it's not just by luck as well. It's because I was reaching out to them and telling them, you know, okay, what do I need to do? Like I was asking for help. And because sometimes, you know, we are shy and we don't, you know, directly ask people um, for help. And Mm -hmm. um, I feel like it helped me to, to be vulnerable, to be open up and like, guys, I don't know, you know, how to navigate the system. What do I need to do? Um, And so definitely, the, the social network aspect of it, you know, friends of friends will become your friends and then you just support each other, uh, not just with, you know, career moves or visas or whatever, but literally day to day, you know, life, life needs, right? You, it can get lonely out here uh, in the US, as you can imagine. So that, that diaspora network becomes um, super critical. So, so, so true. You know, the, the, the moment you, you mentioned social network. The, like I, I just thought about, I just thought about Phil and I thought about Donald and I was just like, I just, the existence of people who are like, hey, I've been there before. I am not going to withhold information. In fact, I'm going to give you all the information that I wish I had had and I'm mm-hmm. going to walk with you. It's such, it's, it's such a profound thing because it's just like, you're not walking it alone. You're not doing it by yourself. And mm-hmm. 
information sharing is so important because mm -hmm. it's 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 systems that you're not familiar with it's a new country it's a new place and you're just trying to figure it out like you're just trying to do what you can to build a life for yourself so having people that are around to support you definitely definitely a great 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 resource and a great tool um yeah so shout out to them i'm actually like let me shout out to them on Twitter so that they get they get their flowers because they do yep. deserve flowers. I'm actually going to meet up with Phil literally as soon as this call ends. I'm actually going to his place. Um, <laughs> yeah. Tell him we say hello and thank I you. Will. <laughs> okay. Um, so since you've been in the US, I know that you have done some work to get information to young Zimbabweans about immigrating to the US. I know that part of that sometimes is connecting them to scholarships and like different programs. Can you tell yeah. us a little bit more about the work you do and feel free to, to name drop and, and we'll tweet and hashtag um, whatever you want us to, to get your name out there. Oh yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much. So um, just a few corrections on the, um, I, I started a platform that's not just looking at helping Zimbabweans find opportunities in America, but all over the place, everywhere in the world, right? Locally, how do you find a scholarship to go to use it? How do you find a scholarship to go to NAST? How do you find a scholarship uh, if you're an orphan and you want a scholarship to complete, you know, to go to a boarding school, to a mission boarding school, even like, because not everyone can afford to do that. But, you know, there are organizations uh, that offer scholarships at a local level. Uh, there are organizations that offer scholarships at a regional level, you know, to go and start in South Africa, to go and start in Kenya, to go and start in Ghana. Um, there are organizations that um, uh, offer scholarships uh, to go international, uh, to go to Europe, to go to the States, uh, to go to Asia. Um, and how do you know about these kind of things that I went through, right? Like the, 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 the little three-week exchange program I did in Russia, uh, the six-month um, fellowship I did in India. Why I found it so hard and difficult to find these things online, because if you Google scholarships in the U.S., a million things are going to come up on, mm -hmm. on Google. And you're starting now to like, oh, which one? Where do I start? You know, you don't want to go through all of them. You want to narrow that search um, you know, to the things that matter or the things that you have a chance to go to. Um, and, you know, there are scammers there. There are some bogus things that might be there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, there's a, there's a lot of things that go on. And particularly in Zim, maybe you don't have enough data to go through everything that is on the internet. You just have enough data to go through maybe one or two websites, right? So you want to maximize the time you spend online um, searching for scholarships. And what I realized was, as a Zimbabwean, I couldn't find a platform that was dedicated for Zimbabweans to, for scholarships or fellowships for Zimbabweans, right? It was other websites or other pages. I can name drop like Opportunity Desk mm -hmm. Opportunity for Africans or like Hey Success. And then from there, you can maybe put a filter and it drills down to Zimbabwe or something like that. So I just felt like, hey, why isn't there a Zimbabwean platform where if you're a Zimbabwean, you know that everything that is on that platform you're eligible for, yeah, you know, because, for, because of our political uh, sometimes uh, uh, relationship with the West, we are not eligible for all scholarships. There are certain scholarships that you will see Zambia, Namibia, and South Africa there, but Zimbabwe is not there, you know, uh, and it's increasingly happening because, you know, whatever sanctions or whatever our relationship with, with the West. 
So how do you create a platform that, you know, you remove that, oh, are Zimbabweans eligible for this? Zimbabweans are eligible for that. So I created, um, you know, uh, a web-based platform called Opportunities for Zimbabweans. And this is when I was still in India, actually, before I came to the States, um, merely to meet that goal of creating a dedicated platform where Zimbabweans can see scholarships, fellowships, exchange programs, internships, locally, regionally, and internationally, uh, authentic, authenticity, right? To make sure mm -hmm. that anything you see on the platform is authentic. You don't have to worry about it being real or fake. It's, it's real. Um, and on top of that, how do you actually bring success stories? People that have gone through these um, sort of, you know, exchange programs, fellowships, um, the role models, right? To see someone who looks like you, uh, you know, who has gone through it and you're like, oh, wait, if that person could do it, maybe I could try to do it. So infusing storytelling in it, we do a, a podcast. It's called Ops for Zim podcast. It's on all podcasting platforms, um, you know, uh, Amazon, Amazon Music or Spotify, Apple, uh, whatever you, you, you podcast in on Anchor. Um, but the primary platform is uh, social media. Uh, we have a Facebook page that is called Opportunities for Zimbabweans. You can follow it um, on Facebook. On Twitter, it's Ops for Zim. It's Ops for Zim, O-P-P-S-F-O-R-Z-I-M. Then on LinkedIn. LinkedIn is actually the most active page right now. We have about almost 50,000 followers on LinkedIn. Um, and it's also called Opportunities for Zimbabweans. Uh, but you can follow it with the hashtag Ops for Zim. Um, and yes, so... It's social media based, Twitter, Facebook, um, LinkedIn, uh, Instagram. Um, but we, behind the scenes, we're trying to build an actual platform where people can log in and have accounts and they can customize. You know, if you only want to have undergraduate opportunities come to you, you can sign up for that. If you only want to see opportunities only in South Africa, you can only see that so that, you know, we remove the noise um, and you can only focus on, you know, the things that you, you are looking for, uh, sort of a user-driven, uh, customized sort of um, uh, platform. Um, yeah, so, you know, it's been amazing and it's been great. I can tell you um, across the social media platforms, it's on over 80,000 followers and subscribers. Um, we also have an email list that we do newsletters we send out like quarterly newsletters with a list of scholarships and fellowships um and you can sign up on opportunities for zimbabweans.com or ops for zim um dot uh, com yeah that's amazing and thank you for for clarifying that it's not just uh for opportunities in the u.s it's op opportunities it's a curated uh, platform that identifies opportunities for Zimbabweans anywhere and everywhere. Um, yeah. and, and that's just, that's just amazing. It's so, so exciting. Um, we dropped that information on our Twitter, including the website. And we also included the um, account, the at. Uh, mm, the handle, uh, yeah. Yeah, the handle. I'm like, what is the word for it? <laughs> I got you, Seth. <laughs> we also Thank included um, the handle for that um, on our Twitter page on Madurofia. And we will also provide the additional information for LinkedIn and for Facebook um, in the next couple of minutes. 
Anesu, thank you so much for taking time to hang out with us, to tell us your story. Like you said, there's so much power in storytelling. And, and we're always um, on the show talking about the value and the importance of, of storytelling and how it is mm. really a form of expertise because there is knowledge that you have from your experience that only you can share. Um, and and it, it's a pathway for someone else. So um, in the last few minutes, do you have anything else that you're like, hey, I, I, I really want to drive this point home or I didn't get to say this and I want to say this. Um, yeah, we, we want to hear whatever it is that you have to say. Yeah, uh, oof. <laughs> that's kind of hard. It's like if you have one word to say, say that. <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> I, I, think, I think it's just, you know, encouraging young people to believe in themselves, you mm -hmm. know, believe in yourself. Uh, sometimes, you know, I know the situations around you mm -hmm. can make it very hard for you to have faith and hope. And like, just cause you know, everything is just looks like it's going left, but it, it has to start with you believe in yourself and just go for whatever you think you, 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 you want to achieve, right? Like don't set boundaries, uh, sort of like blockages for yourself. Um, just go for anything. That dream that sounds like it's scary and big, you know, whether it's traveling, whether it's starting a business, whether it's, you know, starting a nonprofit organization, whatever it is you have in your head, I just, just, just go for it. You know, if you fail, you're going to learn a lot from that failure. Um, but if you just don't do it, you, you're not going to get anything out of not doing anything. So I just, just believe in yourself, you know, just keep pushing, seek help find help you're not alone there's so many other young people that are in your same shoes before you know it you know um you're gonna find people that you know share the same dreams and hopes as you and create those social networks i think i'll get back to that like reach out to friends reach out to like-minded people look them up on linkedin look them up on twitter you know um and just don't isolate yourself because uh there's so many other young people that are in the same shoes as you are and seek help, dream big, and just, yeah, keep pushing. Love that. We, we absolutely, I, I think from here on out, we're absolutely big fans. We will be keeping an eye out on the work that you're doing, sharing resources, um, because it's so important. And, and just, I just love that, like there, that there is a curated platform specifically for Zimbabweans, guys. Mm -hmm. I, I, I will sing and sing and sing about it for as long as I can because. Ops for Zim, Ops for Zim. Don't forget the hashtag. <laughs> we got you. <laughs> well, thanks again, Anes. It's been so, so good having you here. And thank you for sharing, you know, your experience, for sharing your knowledge, tips, and of course, you know, Ops for Zim. I think this is so important and I think a lot of people are looking for information and, and you know, vetted, uh, reliable information. And it's so great that you're doing this and that it's something that you have on the go. Um, it's, it's such a necessary resource. So, yeah, as we sort of sign out on the segment and, uh, and let you go, uh, we will play out with the... Uh, this segment, I guess, will play out with Ndiwe uh, by Nati O featuring DeMarco from his latest album, Mustard Seed. Boom, 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 boom. Hey, gunshots there, there. I'm coming to you from another world. Yeah. I'm a Ability extension. Hey.
Chamba, chino naga, 
mutanda Teshto zinga munyama Teshto zinga munyama Kutu zinga devu Anda kundipa munyama Anda kunditoma Anda kuporonga Chanti nengenda ronga Wakumana batu saidanda Tiku zinga munyama Tiku zinga munyama Kutu zinga devu Anda kutipa munyama Anda kunditoma Anda kuporonga Chanti nengenda ronga Kutimiza besi Inindi kanderi mwefesi Mamiro vanoda kusha ugwawa Vanoda kusha ngwawa Tipe kuno danda Inindi noda kubatwa Uchida skangi unonona marapa Danda nipende kese Denga ndiendese Kango jisa chambwa ini Antikuri mekese Kango jisa kumbo kwenyo ini Antikuwane kese Muribanda ni kuinini muno njiwote Kapati za danda Teshto zinga munyama Is Madorofia FM? My vibes. My vibes. Oh yeah. Wow. Last thing you're gonna get any music? Could you talk over here? Was that was that was Nati O and Dimarco Wild that album Fire, and then now we also then played Zingam Yama by Tanto Wavy, also another fire track from a fire album. Where you? I, I honestly can't wait to hear what you have to say about this. Oh, I was saying, Kuti, that's how you know you're having fun when, like, the music is just like, I just want to keep it flowing and I want to keep it going. Um, so it's it's just fun vibes here. It's fun. For sure. So, so good. Such good vibes. Um, But yeah, we're going to shift gears, shift gears. Still, still talking North America. Um, and we're talking a little bit now. You know, we we started the episode talking about you know, legal versus illegal, um, irregular versus regular migration and all of that. And so we have someone who's coming up next, who is our, our next guest, um, Tapiwa. And uh, just for a little context, I guess, before we go into this a little bit, and uh, I might be nerding out a little bit here, and uh, I always preface this by saying I'm not giving, this is not immigration advice, I'm just sort of talking about the, the system a little bit. Um, and so, you know, as, as, as I guess some people know, you know, countries sign on to something called the Vienna Convention, which is around sort of refugees and asylum seeking. Um, and Canada, uh, obviously, is a, is a party to this. And so, but as you can imagine, getting to Canada and like seeking asylum is not a super straightforward um, route. Um, and so our next guest is someone who did... Uh, seek asylum or rather akajamba border uh in in one way or another which i think you know my zimbabweans like i wonder are familiar with that um someone i think tweeted that in the kajamba border and i do know people who have had to kujamba as well you know so um i think one thing around i mean we can go into colonization and go into rants about borders and how ridiculous they are and we see that in every day and i feel like the story i'm going to tell a little bit about sort of the how it works here and some of the loopholes 
really illustrate how um, how ridiculous borders as a concept um, are, but also how obviously it, it can still be so violent and so and so dangerous. So. So Canada and the U.S. have an agreement together called the Safe Third Country Agreement. Um, Canada has only shares one land border, and that is with, uh, well, one, yeah, one meaningful land border, and that's with the U.S. Um, and so when you arrive, so the Safe Third Country Agreement, basically, it, it's, the, the premise of it is just that if you, if, you see, if you arrive in one of the countries, so Canada or the U.S., you have to seek asylum in, the first in that country that you arrive in. You can't then go and seek asylum. So let's say, for example, I fly into the U.S., uh, maybe I come on a visitor's visa, and uh, I want to seek asylum. I can't come to the US and then come to the Canadian border to seek asylum because the agreement basically holds that the US is a safe is a safe third country and Canada is a safe third country. So if you land in the US, you can't it's, it's a, you can't pick and choose where you want to go to seek asylum. You have to seek asylum in the US and vice versa. If you land in Canada first, um, which for a lot of times Canada is a lot trickier to get to than the US. So usually it's the other way. But like, yeah, if you arrive in Canada and you want to seek asylum, you can't go to the border and seek asylum, you know, through the US. There's been exceptions, whatever, in the past, but this is sort of what, the, the, what it is now. Um, however, there is a loophole in that safe third country agreement. And that it says you can't seek asylum at an official land crossing. So basically, it'll have to be at a border post. So if you go and you try to do that, you cannot. However, if you cross the border uh, at a part with Hapana, a border post, right? So Kujamba border, essentially, that is an exemption. You can seek asylum that, that way. So that's sort of the loophole that, that exists. And as most folks know, like the US-Canada border is the longest undefended land border. So in a lot of places, there isn't like fence or like all of that stuff like it's just kind of an imaginary line there have been people who've got into into trouble for going jogging and they ended up in the u.s or ended up in canada because really in some parts it's just so so um yeah exactly it's just like yeah and so this particular route that our guest is going to talk about uh there's a particular road called roxham road which is sort of at the vermont quebec border um and it's basically a road, like, because, again, borders are so artificial, so fake, like, there's a, literally a road in Engechiva from the U.S., Inongoti, and then it just sort of crosses into Canada. But it's not an official border a crossing, right? So people officially don't use that as a crossing. But it exists, and this road is called Roxham Road. And in the past few years, like, you know, thousands, like, I think over 50,000 people have crossed through there from the U.S., um, coming to Canada to seek asylum in Canada. Um, and, uh, and yeah, and so I think that's a little bit of a synopsis and I'll, I'll let our guests talk a little bit more about that and talk about their experience doing that. I don't know if there's anything I missed before we, we go into our interview, um, Hashif. No, I think you, you captured everything. Um, and also this is like a learning experience for me too. So thank you so much for that overview and the synopsis of how it works. Okay, let's do it. So, so thank you so much for, for joining us, Tipio. It's so good having you as a guest on our show. Um, I guess uh, we can go straight into it. So tell us a bit about your story, 
uh, what prompted you to leave them and what was life like for you when you first left? What really led me to leave uh, Zimbabwe to come to Canada was uh, the fact that I wanted to look for a better living um, than I had before and the fact that uh, I could you know, access you know, better opportunities here than back home. Um, I also wanted to have a, a better future for my child um, as I moved here with my child too. Um, so yeah, that was the, you know, the, the you know, the, the reason why I left. Um, um, and maybe for me it was okay, but I also wanted something better for my child, so that my child could also have a better future and I could probably. Just to say, you have your child's future secured in a place where. You can see where the country is going and you know that's really you know what really led me to to move to canada great um thank you for thank you for 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 being here obviously and for sharing this and um as a, a sort of a primer of course it's a really sensitive topic and like protecting sort of uh tapio is one of our key interests and so you know that but we've taken precautions around that um but going into sort of our second question i actually sort of mesh it with that third question based on, on sort of what you said um how did you hear about roxham road um what led you to decide to explore that as an avenue to immigrate to canada you know you talked a little bit about wanting a better future for your for your child and can you tell us a little bit about your experience and what the process was like once you had crossed the border Um, so I then decided to immigrate from Zimbabwe to the United States where my brother stays. Um, that time my brother uh, wanted me to seek asylum in the United States, but it was very difficult because of the Trump administration that time. Um, so I then heard about uh, coming into Canada. Uh, as it was my original idea, um, the way that you would get into Canada was going to be through a border. Uh, the border is called Roxham Road. Uh, which would be the Canadian side. But you would be then accepted as a refugee that time. Uh, after being accepted as a refugee, they'll process your papers. And after getting a certain paperwork, your refugee status, they, you can now start working. And, you know, once you start working, you can now start, you know, taking care of yourself nicely. But even the government is nice. My social services offer help a certain amount a month until you start working as well. So apart from the money that you might want to save, uh, for me, I had a baby, so I had to get for me and for my baby 
And um, so, I mean, it's even better, even in SEALs, you would see that us that have children would be given, you know, you know, first preference than I'm learning us, you know. So, I mean, um, that's what uh, was, you know, uh, you know, the move Yangu, Yeku, Immigrator Queendom, Canada. Um, that was the only option I had. Um, as, as the other options like express entry would take longer, um, I had to act e-purple. And, and lucky enough, uh, it worked out for me because I did it fine and good. Yeah, I'm, that, that, it sounds so like, like a in-depth process and, and, and a complex, but also, you know, um, I, the challenges that you shared, I, I hear that so much. And, and, um, yeah, before, I guess we'll, we can make some comments and we have someone who's, you mentioned express entry just for our listeners. We will have, um, someone sharing more about that in a couple of weeks um, on other, you know, channels to come to Canada. But continuing uh, with you, Tapua, um, you know, did the way that you immigrated to Canada affect your life and standard of living once you made it through the process? Um, and if yes, how so? Uh, moving here did not affect my standard of living, as per se. I would, I would really say, uh, because we went through a, a long process um, at the border, um, just, just maybe that process and and just a few days to come, where you know, like in any case, anyway, you know, paperwork is just hard. You know, it's just hard to go through that, and it's just hard to move anyway. But once settled here, um, I can tell you that, you know, this is the best decision I've ever made. Um, it's, it's, it has been for the better because I'm happy. I've got a lot of peace of mind now that even I know that my child is learning here and is secure. Um, it's, I'm in a better space than I was before. Um, if you had to tell me to repeat this again, I'll repeat it the same, the exact same way I did it. So I am, I'm, I'm, I'm quite proud of that. I am. Well, we're glad you're, you're safe and that things, you know, sort of they've, they've worked out for you. Um, that's, that's something that's, that's good to hear. Um, so for folks that might be considering this as an avenue for themselves, you know, um, you know, not, um, and or their families, what what lessons can you share? What would you what would you say to those people? Uh, for people that want to also come here and uh, or maybe would want to tell their families, I would say um, I came and I did not regret it at all. I like it, and um, it just depends with 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 with. Uh, with what you you know want as well um but um for you to be able to cross through the border that i told you about you have to be in the united states so if you have means to go to the united states or cross on april you can still do the process situations are always different based on you know whoever um uh, it's not just about crossing the purple i think you know for the reason why you want to seek asylum. 
So I'm sure most of those things you can see them uh, on the website. And uh, there are many reasons, there are about four or five reasons why you would seek asylum. So it just depends why, you know, what your story would be and how you want to go about it. I had my own unique one. Uh, I cannot, uh, I'm not at liberty to share mine with you. It's uh, highly confidential, but it was my story. So depending on what you want to do and why you want to come, you also have your story and how you can, you know, come here is, is information that is now out there, like how I've just explained it. But um, thank you very much, guys, for having me, and um, I wish you all well. Thank you so much, Tapua, for, for coming on and for sharing your story um, and um, sharing sort of those lessons and, and what the process is like um, for, for folks. Um, and one thing, though, I did, I did ask uh, Tapua off air just, um, you know, around, you know, that they mentioned that you have to be in the U.S. to be able to use that particular crossing that they used. And... I was like, how did you get there? And um, yeah, and they said that it was a visitor's visa. So they came on sort of a visitor's visa and that's how they, they proceeded. And so, yeah, and there's just also uh, to say that there's obviously this was um, like, it was an overview of the process as it were, you know, not going as in depth, you know, there's things like hearings and all of that that come through that, you know, that didn't, that we didn't end up going in depth about, but um, there's a lot of information available online around those things. And not to say, you know, we're encouraging this as a route, um, but, you know, knowing what, I think information is something we believe in so much and like knowledge sharing, storytelling, information sharing, um, and so we just wanted to, to have like a, a different perspective and so grateful that Tapua could could come on and and share that. Absolutely. Thank you very much. Um, thanks again, Tapua, for sharing um, your story and just your experience. And yeah. Um, I I I'm I was particularly like just my heart celebrated when they said that, you know, um I, I don't regret it and you know it 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 was a product of circumstance and need mm. and they did what was best for them and their child and yeah so so we're, we're glad to hear Tapua that you're safe and thank you so much for sharing you know what is often not the I, I think these are some of the untold stories because there's so much shame um, around that for like irregular, quote unquote, irregular forms of immigration. So we appreciate hearing, hearing that um, and just you sharing the details of, of your experience. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. I'm like, let's take a bit of a musical break. Um, and then we can we can come back and uh, and debrief and talk a little bit more. Um, and so we will play. Uh, wait, did you want to put a, a inspiration as to why Ja is is the song we're playing next? The Sandarid. <laughs> okay, so I binge watched Blood and Water yesterday, season two, Blood and Water yesterday. Um, and in it, I mean, I think I saw two scenes where they weaved in like a sentence of Shauna in each of the two scenes. <laughs> but 
But over and above that, there's a beach scene where they play job praiser. And I was just like, you know what? How how can how can we not include mm-hmm. um a king in in our in our lineup? So this is this was my inspiration when I added Shori um on our playlist. So we're going to stand job praiser um for the next couple of minutes. Oh, Hey, yo, young D, you got that? Check up. Can I not check up? Check up. Ocola. Can I not give up? Man, I tell you one. Set up. Vasica never comes one yota. Ocola. Couldn't run in wait and I tell you one. So we are. Some of my team was here anyway. So we are. So we young, the young boy does the run the horn. So we young, the young boy does the run the horn. Uh, job <laughs> I feel like just like after the, like with having played the song, I'm in a total mood and like there's like a total vibe that I'm feeling and I'm just like it's about to be a fun Saturday. Hey, titties are up to things. Y'all can't see her, but she is dolled up. She is ready to take on it, to take on the the streets, to take on the the city. Hey. 
for lack of love life that thereof is not what we're discussing right oh now. my god um we were today's show was a part one in our series on immigration and we touched on the multiple forms of immigration and in its regular and irregular ways that it, it comes about um one thing that you know just thinking about you know just listening to Anesu's story in the beginning, mm. something that just really struck me is the importance and the value of exposure. And yes. you know, hearing him share his experience of participating in a three-week fellowship or a six-month fellowship, and how, like, as I listened to him, I saw how those things or those experiences built up uh, and continue to build out his experience portfolio for the time that you know he eventually um, applied for his um, masters, but also for the other fellowship at the Atlas Core. And I think it's so important. You know, he he talked about like mm. being surrounded by eighteen, nineteen year olds who had traveled to multiple countries and. Yeah. Yeah, immigration portfolio. I like that. I like that lingo. I think that's. I think it's so. That's such a good point. Um, that that struck me as well, Koti. You know, and and the more that he put himself out there, the more he learned more about how big the world is and how many opportunities and options there are out there. Um, but also really, um, you know, saying identifying some of the barriers and the challenges. You know, how expensive data can be in some and. Um, raising those initial costs. I also really liked what what I picked up to is around the idea of um, taking risks um, in a way, because I can't imagine, you know, quitting my job for like a short fellowship and like going out there. And, but at the end of the day, sometimes, you know, in Zim, it's like, how much are you making and what, how much headway is that in the, in the grand scheme of things, right? And so if you are in that position to be able to take some of those, those quote unquote risks, you know, putting yourself out there, I think, in, as part of your immigration portfolio, I, I like that term, it's a thing now, um, because I also, I think that is so important in a, in a lot of ways, the opportunities you say yes to, saying yes to more opportunities, trying different things. And and I also liked the practicality of what he was saying. I was signing up for things that I wasn't being paid necessarily for the work I was doing, but I had, you know, the basics covered. So I was able to then have, and, and that I think is important is because, yeah, sometimes there isn't that ability to raise all that money to be able to cover your basic expenses. And sometimes those are the biggest hurdles. Um, but there are opportunities where you get some level of a stipend and and that it's not always for the quote unquote the the, the a straight A students the the those like shop grants or whatever like you know there are opportunities and sometimes it is about seeking them out and that's why I really love his platform because honestly there's so much information out there and like being able to it can be so discouraging seeing how many things Zimbabweans are not eligible for um and so so good to have a platform where they, that exists i wish i had known about it as well 
um, that value of social networks too. I think it's it's so interesting because I know as Zimbabweans, sometimes when we come abroad, you know, the stories that you hear about Zimbabweans only makua and like backbiting and what manoroya and what what, you know, and just how I mean, obviously protecting yourself is key, but also community is where a lot of opportunities reside. And like whether it's shyness or you're too cool to hang with others, there's honestly so many opportunities that lie in, in your networks, in community, in engaging with other people on so many resources. Like just the fact that, you know, why reinvent the wheel when other people have gone through it, when they have insights? And it's not to say take what they say at face value, right? It's like, how much can you take and also do your own research and then add value to Panekuti, Wakto Tango from scratch, I'm new here, what am I gonna, you know? So like building up those networks, so much value in it. It's, it's tiring and it's work, but it's work that produces results as well. And I was just always like, it was always just, I, I like, it just struck me as just, oh my gosh, like, why, why is that? Because um, one of my really good friends, she's Nigerian, and like, her social network is a, a strong source of support. Like, and the information sharing that happens in that network, all of that. And so I always wondered, could she, I'm dying. <laughs> like, why, why, why would that be a thing? But I, I've also experienced such deep strengthening and support from Mazimba here. Like, mm-hmm. Had a place, just like, even like the, just the, the most basic, like, I just need to feel like I'm at home. Yeah. And, and going to someone's house and doing nothing more than like reminiscing on the things that we used to do and you know just having shared language having shared culture mm. like and that is so strengthening and that is just like so profound so i just want to shout out like my network folks like Aww. in in this area like in not not just even in like the, the Massachusetts area, but like the same people that Anna Sue mentioned, like Donald, Phil, Tracy, like those, those people are rock stars. Like I, I, I cannot even begin Aww. to explain how, you know, multiple tears were dried or just appeased by them listening. So shout out to social networks, shout out to the people who stand um, with each other. Uh, mm-hmm. when far from home so again this was part two of a multiple parts series. part one oh, <laughs> this is part one. okay see how many drinks have i had <laughs> this is part one of a multiple part series next show we are going to go into some technicalities with um experts in the immigration field again we're definitely definitely looking to hear what countries you want to hear about more mm-hmm. about you know if you have questions um if you have information that you want to get please let us know the google forum as chiedza mentioned is going to be available for the next couple of weeks and we will be updating and refreshing based on the inputs and feedback that you provide um 
we want this to be as informative and as useful and as helpful as possible. Exactly. That is what we're trying to do. As always, you know, if you have questions, if you have things you want information on, we want to get that information to you. We want to look for the right people to get that information from. So yeah, I'm super excited for some of our upcoming guests, um, you know, and, you know, immigration experts, as, as Hashi mentioned, um, we have an immigration consultant, the Canadian, a regulated Canadian, I can't, like the it's i'm like what is the rcic a registered canadian immigration consultant um coming in in a couple of weeks we have folks um throughout the series who are going to come in um i could friend pam is going to come through um i have a, an aunt of mine who's going to come and share about working on cruise ships um you know and as you mentioned some of the other countries we're planning to touch on so if you haven't heard what the country you want to hear about, you know, tell us. And I know some of you have messaged me just to say, I just want to know broadly, where can I go? What can I do? And so we're, we're trying to get those, those answers for you and trying to get that information for you. So if there's anything where we're missing anything, we're not capturing guys, let us know, you know, this show is, is for you. It's to provide information and resources to you. Um, and if you have questions for the folks that we had on today, feel free to reach out to, the, to them. Feel free to reach out to us and we can also, you know, get those, those questions and answers for you. Um, yeah, and I think I can do some of our, I'm like signing off here um, that, uh, I'm like, what have, what have we, what have we not do, done? Um, supporting Madurofia FM to keep the lights on. You know, you can buy us a coffee at buymeacoffee.com forward slash FM Madurofia or PayPal account. We have paypal.me forward slash Madurofia FM. Um, anything to, to keep the radio station y'all up going, going. And um, yeah, I feel like we, it's been a bit of a shorter show, but I think, you know, short but packed a, a mean punch. I think we had some, some fire guests, fire info for you. And um, some more, because when we, when we come back in our coming episodes, also going to be super jump packed with information and some, some fire tunes as well for you. So, so yeah. And uh, this has been Bohere, conversations you wish you had, Natete. Uh, I am your Tete Chichi Chiedza, and you're here with your other Tete Hajri. Okay, um, Mrs. Okay, okay. Okay, okay. Change my handle to Mrs. Okay. Please do it. It's it's time. It's time for it to happen because, like, wow, Takura, anyway, I'm not obsessing right now. Ah, you know what? We didn't play. I've been, I've been, there's a song that's been on my mind too, but you know what? We can have it for the next show. I, I'll put it, I'll put it in my brain. It wasn't, I guess it wasn't really relevant to this episode. It won't be relevant to the next one, but it'll be relevant to my life. When so I'll is play Takura it. ever not relevant, please? Questions that need relevant. answers. Questions that need answers. Snaps to that. Um, this episode is going to drop later on this week, wherever you find your podcasts, Apple, Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, whatever it is catch us y'all share with your friends people i know if you know people who've been thinking yo i want to do this i want to go there um what are the options uh questions please do share i think there were some some gems here and um you know sharing is caring as it were so so share that info um yeah has we anything be anything else that i i maybe have missed before we go no i think um you covered it all like it was Short and sweet. 
Plugging tomorrow. Uh, oh, happy happy belated birthday to our creative director at Madorofia, um, King Kandoro. Um, I, I saw that. I think you're 29. I think we saw. Um, you are. You're getting up there, Mama Ita. Um, thank you so much for for all you do and uh, this this brainchild of yours, Madorofia FM. So great to be affiliated with you. He's going to be coming through our airwaves tomorrow with a long-awaited, much-needed hang. Maybe it's like his his birthday gift to us. Um, so that's going to be that's going to be at eight p.m. Central African time tomorrow on Madorofia FM. Listen, you don't want to miss it. I know I'm not going to miss it. So yeah, and with that, we will play out. Uh, we've hyped this album up, Mustard Seed by Nati O, and uh, we're going to play. Uh, play out with Ready by Nati O featuring XQ. Did I say that correctly? Did I say Ready by Nati O featuring XQ? Sometimes. Yes, you <laughs> did. Yeah, <laughs> I had a few drinks yesterday. So it's been so good, guys. We will catch up as always. Um, we are available to, to hear from you and we'd love to hear from you. Have a wonderful week. Have a wonderful weekend and uh, stay safe. Stay safe. Bye, everybody. Bye. You make a man need a spina. Coca Cola ship wakamira. You make a man kakamira. Oh my sweet Carolina. Especially where, where, baby, and this is it. Come around, let me take you everywhere. Where, where. Woke up in the location, me deck, 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 deck. I'll never do you, can eat and run. Get out the treasure, but a different one. Who can do the opportunity? We can one. I'ma give you love, I can be your, I can be your man. Be your one done. Anytime you want, I can give you a plan. Vitamin right, just like the sun. Everything around, get it by your side.
is Madorofia FM. My vibes. My vibes. Oh yeah.